Welcome to episode 5 of Fire, Pain, and Ruin, a Rutherford Manor novel. Uh, we are entering chapters 9 and 10, and last week we had just finished off Act 1. Now we're getting into Act 2. The uh, book's divided into a bunch of acts, and if you've seen uh, the ebook or print version, uh, which you can still snag on Amazon if you do want to jump ahead, it, uh, you get to see all the chapters where they're divided up and whatnot. Act 1 was a shorter one, but uh, this new act, we really start to get into some of the main uh, themes. We've seen a lot of stuff get set up with the birthing of the twins. Um, Spaulding is struggling with his new role. Billy and Vivian got married. And then Knox got a new government contract. Now, let's see what happens in Act 2 as we get introduced to the twins. Act 2. The Corrupt. Chapter 9. Mysterious World. Every living thing in this world experiences the same fundamental sensations. There are variations in how one perceives them. Complex creatures add the additional layers of emotions and feelings. From an outsider's perspective, watching a subject experience these senses can be confusing. Watching one express fear raises questions. Why are they scared? For example, if one is going through the passage of death, they may be frightened of where they will go after here. We can only speculate. For us, as observers, Watching another experience their last breath can leave a sense of sorrow. It can also create a sense of wonder. Don't poke it, came a whiny voice of a girl. The second girl stopped paying attention to her sister. She didn't even realize that she had moved the stick she had been holding toward the dying rodent. The stick jabbed into the open wounds of the small creature as it sputtered its last exhale. Louise, stop, the girl insisted. Louise poked the mouse's body a couple more times and looked over at her sister, Lisa, and shook her head. What? she asked. Why do you have to poke it like that? It's dying, Lisa said with a frown. Yeah, I just wanted to see what it was like, Louise said. She'd seen dead animals before, but never one during death. This was the first experience for both twins. Curiosity had filled her discovering something new, and the highly sophisticated method of poking something with a stick was an unmatched investigative technique. What do you think killed it? Louise asked. It's hard to say, Lisa said. It has marks all over it. Maybe another animal? No, Louise said. It's the evil animal slaughterer of the woods. Louise jumped at Lisa, raising the stick in the air. You're next. Lisa shielded herself with her forearm. I'm not an animal. He wouldn't come for me. He doesn't even exist. That's what the little rodent thought, Louise said with a smirk. Lisa sighed, looking at the greenhouse in the backyard of Rutherford Manor to change the topic. There, a blonde woman held a flower pot in her hand. Great Aunt Lilith. She lived, worked, and breathed in that greenhouse. She had a funny interest in plants. Louise had never fully understood. They just grew all the time, and slowly at that. 
dead things were way cooler. They were full of mystery. How about we ask Great Aunt Lilith? Lisa asked. Yeah, Louise said, waving at their aunt. Great Aunt Lilith! Louise yelled. Auntie! Lisa called. The girls caught Great Aunt Lilith's attention. She put the pot down and walked over. The two girls stood beside the manor, close to the foundation of the building, just where the woods began and the crooked fence stood, dividing the forest from the property. What can I do for you girls? Great Aunt Lilith said while coming up to them. Her attention was brought to the dead animal. She stopped, frowning. What do you think killed it? Louise asked while poking it with the stick again. Louise, I said stop, Lisa said. Louise looked up at Great Aunt Lilith, ignoring her sister. Did an animal get it? Lisa asked. I told Lisa it's the evil animal slaughterer of the woods, Louise said. Great Aunt Lilith leaned down. You girls, this is definitely an animal kill, possibly an owl. Sure enough, a gray feather was tucked below the animal's body, just peeking out from the fur. A moment of deja vu, she mumbled. Deja food? Louise asked. She said deja vu, bonehead, Lisa said. Great Aunt Lilith stood up. Unfortunately, we all returned to the dirt, for better or worse. A scratching noise came from the window of Rutherford Manor a few paces away, causing the three to jump. The sound seemed to come from higher up, possibly from a window on the second floor. It was hard to tell. After that, they live all around us, Great Aunt Lilith said. Lisa and Louise exchanged glances. Neither one was exactly sure what their great aunt was talking about. That was why they liked her. She always vocalized things that no one else said at home. Maybe she talked to too many plants. Now girls, Great Aunt Lilith said. You don't need to worry about these things. You're barely a decade old. We're 14, Lisa said, putting her hands on her hip. Yeah, Louise said. We're not practically 10. Hell, they were both using Lister's towels. Only women used those. Of course not, Great Aunt Lilith said. That's why you fill your head with silly things like this. Let nature take its course. It has been doing this for far longer than any of us have been around. Louise! Lisa! Came the familiar sound of their mother's stern voice. Hearing her caused Louise to frown. Lisa's eyes widened in horror. The two girls knew exactly what it meant when mom was calling. She wanted them to do chores. Fun time was over. Their mom stood by the entrance to the back door of Rutherford Manor waving at them with a basket full of dirty laundry. Girls, she called out. You'd best go to your mother now, Great Aunt Lilith said. Oh no, Lisa said. Do we have to? Yes, you do, Great Aunt Lilith said. I can't save you from her. Okay, Lisa said. Run along now, Great Aunt Lilith said. The girls waved goodbye to their great aunt as Louise dropped her stick. They walked to their mom with a lack of enthusiasm expressed through their stride. Poking a dead rodent was far more fascinating. Louise couldn't help but wonder if someone would poke her with a stick when she was dying, or how she would die. There you girls are, Mum said. Her red hair was tattered and her dress was dirty. These were Mum's working traits. 
that meant the girls were in for a long afternoon. Hi, Mom, Louise and Lisa said at the same time. The two grinned at each other, both thinking the same thing. Jinxed. This was no time for fun and games, though. Both girls knew better than to argue with Mom when she was in her work clothes. I need you girls to help out with the laundry, Mom said. Yes, Mom, Louise said. I did the hard work of the scrubbing. You just have to fold everything and put them in the right rooms, Mom said while nodding her head toward the open door. Come now. The twins entered the house first, with Mom behind them. There were no other options. This was what they had to do. Mom loved to preach about responsibilities and taking care of the manor. She always said this would be what the girls would do as adults. Louise didn't want to be stuck taking care of the household. She wanted to run outside and explore the world. Father did that. The three entered the den of the main floor. Purgatory. Nothing but supplies, tools, and a stale smell filled the room. It destroyed all forms of fun. Mom clearly must enjoy torturing them. There's no other explanation. What do you think Great Aunt Lilith meant? Lisa whispered, checking back to see if Mom was close by. It was safe. She was on the opposite side of the room, moving piles of laundry onto the table. Great Aunt Lilith was referring to the ghost under your bed, Louise said. No, she wasn't. Lisa raised her voice. Girls, Mom said, come over here. Now, let's get to work. Lisa stared at Louise as she smiled at her. No ghosts, Lisa said. Louise walked toward Mom, with Lisa following. Louise loved rattling Lisa's cage. It was so cush. Then again, Lisa got her jabs in from time to time. They had their different strengths. Louise was much more comfortable with the grotesque and the dirty, as Lisa would put it. Lisa was perfectly fine with talking with people and playing nice. She was in her element, but those were the things that Louise couldn't stand. She wanted to get messy. Both girls took their share of the laundry. Mom divided the mounds of clothing into three, one for herself, one for Lisa, and one for Louise. It was always the same laundry items. The girls took care of their own, some of Mom's and some of Father's. Mom took all of the items that were too big for the girls to do. The routine was almost as stale as the room's smell. Remember, fold with the edges lining up, no mismatches, Mom said as she demonstrated a clean, perfectly folded towel. Shirts are trickier. The twins followed their first pieces of clothing with careful precision, trying to line up the sleeves of the shirts to make perfect squares. These were obviously father's shirts, judging from the size. The girls knew he never cared. When he wanted to wear them, he unfolded them anyway. There was no point in trying to make everything so neat and tidy. It was a great mystery, probably even greater than the death of the rodent. It just seemed so pointless. Purgatory began. The girls found themselves not experiencing joy and not experiencing direct punishment. No, it was far worse. The monotony, the repetition. All Louise wanted to do was go back outside. She loved the feeling of the grass blades on her ankles, the experience of picking up random items, discovering new areas. The consistency of the den would probably kill her. 
Can we eventually do something else? Different chores? Louise asked after they had folded several pieces of clothing. What do you mean? Mom asked while systematically folding the clean laundry. He barely even had to look at what she was doing. A true professional. Yeah, Lisa said. Great Aunt Lilith does all sorts of neat things with plants. Great Uncle Knox and Billy are always up to something too. I want to know what they do, Louise said. Focus on your tasks, Mom said. That's adult work. Perhaps when you're older, you can look at other things to do. But the basics are important. Your aunt and uncles focused on the basics at your age too. Mom finished folding her laundry first, despite her pile being significantly larger. That was normal. Lisa and Louise had a long way to go to be as efficient as their mom. But considering that they had to do the laundry every single time, they figured they'd be professional folders in no time. You remember where to take the laundry? Mom asked. Yes, Mom, Louise said. Where? Mom asked. Lisa pointed to the pile of shirts and trousers. That goes to Father's dresser. Good, Mom said. Louise pointed to the pile of small dresses, socks, and garments. Those are ours. Excellent, Mom said, while lifting a large pile of neatly folded laundry. Once you put those away, you're free for the evening. Okay, Mom, Louise said. If you want to do something different, we'll start on Monday with some cooking prep, Mom said, exiting the den, taking her laundry with her. Her steps stomped across the wooden floor with determination. It was the type of focus that Louise knew she could never achieve with folding laundry. Maybe Mom had been like Lisa and Louise when she was younger. Maybe she was brainwashed into folding laundry in a room like this. All that soapy water could probably wash away any excitement in one's mind. The idea made Mom's passion for cleanliness sympathetic. I hate laundry. Louise groaned while folding the last pair of trousers in her pile, the easiest item to fold. We're done though, Lisa said. The day is almost over. Yeah, that means it's getting late and we can't stay outside, Louise said. At least we get to go to church tomorrow, Lisa said. So? Nothing is exciting about that. I mean, Louise stared at Lisa. You just want to go because of that boy. Lisa blushed while stacking father's laundry. No. Oh, yeah, that's so not the case. You love going to church just for church, Louise said while grabbing the larger pile of their clothes. Yeah, that's all, Lisa said as the two left the den and headed up the staircase to the second floor. You love to hear Father Haywood ramble, and don't forget Killer Annie. She rambles even more than the priest. No. Lisa said, I don't enjoy that. And it's not the boy, Louise said as they reached the top of the stairs. It's gotta be something else amazing about church that's better than our hideout in the forest. Lisa stormed off towards father's and mom's room while hugging her pile of laundry tight. Louise snickered. She knew that she'd gotten under her sister's skin. It was so obvious that Lisa liked that Samuel boy. She wasn't exactly sure why. He was silly looking. His haircut was stupid too. There's nothing there for Louise or Lisa at church. They simply had to put up with father's and mom's insistence that they attended services. To be honest, father never seemed jazzed about it either. Yet, for some reason, Louise couldn't fathom 
they all went to hear the word of God. Louise entered the twins' room and dropped one pile of laundry, Lisa's, onto her sister's bed and then proceeded to put her own laundry away. Before long, she dropped the last pair of socks into her dresser drawer. She slid it shut with a sense of satisfaction. The state of limbo had ended. She was free. She gazed out the window. It was dusk. Mum would never let them go outside now. Louise was stuck indoors until bedtime. She did enjoy the night. Everything was so much darker then. The trees in the forest looked like giant people. She swore she could see faces in the shadows. Of course, it was just the lack of sunlight playing with her imagination. A wagon rolled up to Rutherford Manor. It was the same wagon that Great Uncle Billy took to work. He always brought large wrapped up bundles of supplies for Great Uncle Knox. The two of them worked on inventions in that basement. That's what mom and father always said. Something about growing vegetables faster and Great Aunt Lilith was always working in the greenhouse, collaborating. But somehow, the story didn't seem likely. Sure, Great Uncle Knox liked science. Louise knew you could do that kind of stuff on plants, but plants required sunlight. The basement was no place for plants to grow. Something about it seemed odd to her. It was an off-limits topic though, one that the adults liked to keep away from the girls. Adults loved keeping knowledge away from kids. One day, Lisa and Louise would be adults too, then they'd be welcome into the secret adult club. In the meantime, Louise liked to keep her own secrets. It was kind of a small jab at the adults who tried to be little Lisa and Louise. They weren't barely 10 years old, they were 14, and people like Mom and Great Aunt Lilith seemed to forget that. Louise knew for sure that she was far more capable than what her parents gave her credit for. Lisa too. All sibling rivalry aside, the two of them were close. They had each other's backs. It was Lisa and Louise through the living world and the afterlife. Whatever that was. Apparently, it would be heaven. If they went to church and said sorry every Sunday. That poor mouse. It probably never had a chance to repent with all that stick poking. Chapter 10 God's Temple You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew chapter 19, verse 18b-19 boomed the mustached man behind the podium. He spoke the words of the Lord, carefully recorded into the holy scriptures of the Bible. These were the exact phrases that everyone lived their lives by. Knowing how to live your life was important, and so everyone went to church on Sunday. The townsmen listened to the man of God share the awesomeness of the Lord. Everyone learned about what God's Son had to sacrifice. They learned what people shouldn't do. It was a lot to take in. It seemed confusing, contradicting, even. God is a loving God. He should also be feared. Father Haywood's voice was commanding. He placed his hand on the podium, eyeing everyone in the crowd. We all fall victim to sin. We are born of it. Therefore, the Son sacrificed himself, the pure Lamb, so we may go to heaven as long as we accept Christ into our hearts. Louise did all of this. 
father and mom were very insistent on them accepting the Lord into their hearts. Her folks also wanted to mingle with the people of Rowley. It never really mattered to Louise. She didn't see a point of fitting in. She liked being at home with her relatives. Great Uncle Knox and Great Aunt Lilith never made an effort to go to church. She wanted to be like them. Sins are expressed in many forms, said Father Haywood. Adultery, stealing, murder, betrayal of thy neighbor, disrespect of your father and mother, as Matthew chapter 19 verse 18b-19 clearly states, we should be doing the opposite of all these sins. Honor your mother and father, love thy neighbor as yourself. Lisa experienced the same disinterest. Unlike Louise, she was distracted by that Samuel boy sitting in the other row of pews. Something about that Wainwright kid infatuated Lisa. Louise watched as Samuel looked over and gave Lisa a goofy smile, exposing his crooked teeth. He subtly waved at her. Lisa did the same. They couldn't have adults see that they weren't listening to the word of the Lord. Surely they would be punished by God for disrespecting his home. Well, they could apologize next week. It was all nonsense to Louise. She just wanted to play with her sister outside. Perhaps once they were done here, Lisa would want to do something more exciting than staring at boys. Mom, Lisa whispered. She leaned over Louise and tugged on Mom's dress. Mom! Yes, Mom asked while looking down, slightly annoyed. I need to use the washroom, Lisa said. Okay, I'll go with you, Mom said. Let her go, Father whispered. They're old enough to make their own decisions, he winked at Lisa. Mom sighed. She didn't want to argue in church. Making any sort of noise while the priest was talking was incredibly disrespectful. Louise knew. She had talked too loudly once, and that caused quite the scene. Mother had never forgotten that. Okay, Lisa said. She hurried out of the pew and down the aisle. She eyed Samuel as she walked by, signaling him with her hands. Louise saw. She knew that Lisa was not going to the washroom. Her sister wanted to spend time with Samuel Wainwright. The decision annoyed Louise. Lisa had chosen to sneak out with Samuel instead of her. What was so great about Samuel? Louise would never get it. She understood crushes. Louise had experienced the odd crush on a boy here or there. They'd started to look more interesting as she got older. Some of them smelled good. Others looked good. Then, the crushes fizzled away. Father said that was the normal way to feel. He also said those feelings would eventually turn into marriage. Then Louise would be like her parents. That didn't look fun. Louise tried to pass the time as Father Haywood babbled. She stared at the ground, over to the other members of the congregation, and eventually back to Father Haywood. Nothing was working. Time was going to go as fast as it bloody well felt like it. Louise was at its mercy. Amen, Father Haywood said. Amen, said the crowd in unison. Thank you, everyone. As always, the donation basket is in the back. The church relies on your generosity. Father Haywood took a bow and stepped down from the stage. That was it. Church was over. They could finally go home.
Hearing an old man talk about concepts she couldn't grasp was almost as tiring on her patience as chores. Slowly, the crowd shuffled out of the pews. The savages took their turn. Louise scooched out first. Then, mom and father followed behind her. An older, hunched woman in a knitted poncho hobbled over to them. Oh, great, Louise thought. Father, that's Killer Annie, Louise whispered, watching the rickety old lady approach them. You need to be nicer to your elders, Father said quietly as the woman arrived. Two kids, a man and a woman, joined her. Louise sighed. Lisa would have appreciated her joke. Adults were always serious. Killer Annie was just too strange not to crack jokes over. The old lady was more obsessed than Father Haywood, going on and on about the word of God. Savages! Are we ever blessed to have you and everyone in the house of God? Killer Annie said with a wide smile. She extended her hands toward the second family. I'd like you to meet the Connors. They are new in the town and becoming familiar with what we have to offer here. The Lord was kind enough to let me meet them here on their first day at the church. I want to introduce them to some of the lovely families here. It just seems like a great fit. She let out a warm chuckle. It sounded phony. Louise wanted to call her out on it, but that would just be asking for punishment. Nice to meet you. Mom said, taking a curtsy. Father extended his hand to the man. Spalding. Spalding Savage. The man, slightly taller, reached over and shook Father's hand. Maxwell Connors. This is my wife, Rose Connors. And my two children, Susie and Edward. The two men let go of their hands and exchanged handshakes with the wives. Gentle shakes. The manners of adults. Pleasure to meet you. Father said to Mrs. Connors, eyeing the waves in her silky blonde hair. Thank you. Likewise, she replied. I look forward to getting to know your family, Mr. Connors said to Mom. We know next to no one here. Likewise, Mom said. Rowley is a lovely town. Louise eyed the two kids. They were about Lisa and Louise's age. Susie, the girl, stared at the stained glass. The boy... Edward waved shyly at Louise. She waved back. The adults finished shaking hands. There was an extended stare between father and Rose. Adults always had longer pauses than kids. Maybe Brain slowed down as he got older. So, father said, tell me what brings you into the town of Rowley? I'm in the coal mining business, Mr. Connor said. Our head office is in Chicago. I, I am familiar with that, Spaulding said. We have a new mine not far from here. Our family is no stranger to moving. So, this may not be a permanent home, or maybe it will be. Time will tell. Fair enough, Spaulding said. You're welcome to call Rowley your home in the meantime. Thank you. And what is it that you do? Edward waved at Louise again. This time, with a little more confidence. He was trying to be friendly with her. He dressed nice. All the Connors did. They had to have money, probably a lot more than anyone in Rutherford Manor. Cash and nice clothes seemed to go hand in hand. I can't stand this, Louise thought, not wanting to do small talk introductions. She rolled her eyes and carefully crept away from conversation. 
She glanced back to see Susie and Edward's faces were painted with disbelief. The Connors kids were good children. Their minds were probably exploding at the fact that she snuck away. That's right, Louise thought. She was a rebel. She wasn't a follower like Susie and Edward. She knew how to work around adults. Louise picked up her pace, quickly walking out of the main church hall and vanishing from the group. She was more interested in finding her sister and that boy. Hopefully they hadn't wandered too far. Maybe she would catch them playing smooch face. Where are you going? Came a girl's voice. The sound startled Louise, and she jumped, turning around to see Susie. She'd escaped the parent prison. Impressive. She was curious in a friendly way. Outside, Louise said sternly. That sounds way more exciting, the girl said. Tell me about it. Maybe she's not that bad, Louise thought. My sister is out there. She's a lot of fun. I think she's with a boy right now. A boy? Susie said with enthusiasm. Yeah, she's become quite fond of him, Louise said. The two of them pushed open the doors leading outside, squinting in the sunlight. Do you like any boys? Susie asked. Like any? <laughs> no, I don't like any at the moment. I mean, I've, I've seen some. It's strange. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's how I feel. One moment they were disgusting and then the next it's like I want more of them. I guess that's part of growing up. Mom and father say the same thing, Louise said. Maybe she had something in common with these Connors after all. Louise could use some friends. Kids her age were not exactly plentiful at Rutherford Manor. Lisa and Louise had a hard time making friends, being so far from town all the time. In fact, Louise couldn't think of any kids that had visited their home, ever. Mom and father always preached about community, hence the importance of church. Yet, they never invited the community to their home. It was odd. Is that them? Susie asked. Louise nodded. The girls spotted Lisa and Samuel under a tree, just off the main road. They were standing close together. Almost too close. It was tough to make out anything other than that. Susie and Louise hurried up to the two of them. Hey, Louise said, eyes on Samuel. Hi, Samuel said, waving at her. You made it out. Yeah, Louise said, all on my own. Yay, Lisa said. Who's that? Susie, Louise said. Hello, Susie said while stepping forward. Our folks are talking. We got bored. Lisa smiled. Tell me about it. Samuel nodded. We aren't exactly fond of church either. It's tough, Susie said. My brother and I have to listen to mother and father all the time. Edward is just more obedient. At least we all managed to get out. Lisa said. How long do you think it will take until they notice? We'll probably get in trouble, Susie said. What are you two doing out here? Louise asked. Just chatting, Lisa said. Just chatting, Louise thought. Highly unlikely. Uh-oh, Samuel said, taking a step back. Looks like one of them found us. Mr. Connors appeared on the church steps and headed in their direction. He adjusted his blazer while marching up to the kids in a strident walk. Now kids, your parents are all looking for you. You can't wander off like that all the time. Sorry, Susie said. I'll get back to mother. 
She waved goodbye to her new friends. Nice meeting you all. Mr. Connors pointed to the church. Come on, everyone now. Boys and pretty girls should not be getting themselves lost. It's a small town, but trouble can happen anywhere. Yes, sir, Samuel said. He hurried back to church. Lisa snagged Louise's arm. Thank you, sir, Lisa said. Louise walked with her sister up to the staircase of the church. The remaining Connors, Mum and Father, were there now. They were standing with the Wainwright parents as well. It was a triad of parents controlling their kids. Samuel had already reached his folks as the Wainwrights were saying goodbye. Nice to see you all again, said Mr. Wainwright in a chipper voice. He, too, had a crooked tooth like Samuel. Their family heritage cursing the next generation. Samuel waved to Lisa as he left with his parents. Lisa waved back, loosening her grip on Louise. She was mesmerized by that boy. It was a pleasure talking with you, Mrs. Connors, Mum said. Likewise, Mrs. Connors replied. We should all have dinner sometime. It would be wonderful to get to know you. Susie and Mr. Connors arrived with the group. His silence said it all. He was waiting to be informed about the conversation. Commanding. Dear, Mrs. Connors said, I just propose that we have dinner with the savages. We all seem to be getting along well. That sounds splendid, Mr. Connors said with a smile. Perfect, Father said. We will pick a date and make it happen. Welcome to Rowley. That was that. Adults made the choices for the kids. Louise wanted to make her own decisions one day. Mr. Connors sure took control. So did Father. Unfortunately, she didn't have much of an option at her age. At least Susie seemed okay. The girl's brother, Edward, was kind of goofy. Mrs. Connors seemed nice, and so did Mr. Connors. Her folks clearly liked them. It looked like Lisa and Louise would see the Connors more often, whether they liked it or not. And that is the end of episode 5 with chapters 9 and 10. It is the beginning of Act 2, and we get introduced to Lisa and Louise, who are now early teenagers, and a new family in the town of Rowley. Now we're starting to get into the, the meat of the story. Everything is getting set up, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in the coming chapters. Guess we'll have to find out in episode 6 when we cover chapters 11 and 12. So, if you enjoyed this, please share with your friends. And if you do want to jump ahead and you just can't wait, the book is always available. It's on Amazon in uh, print and ebook. So, uh, until the next episode, adios. Adios.